Hi, everybody. Welcome to uh, episode one of Farm Simulator, the podcast. Is that what it's called? (laughs) No. Is that what it's fucking called? Do it. Farm Simulator. No one will ever listen. I would. I would listen and be very confused, but just kind of roll with it. Sorry. Okay. Our two protagonists are Elum, played by Andy, who is not me, and Ati, played by Joe, who is me. And uh, not me. <laughs> and then there's Frankie, who's the DM. Elum is an Asimar paladin, and Ati is tiefling paladin. Basically, Elum's race looks like sort of angelic, and Ati looks like a demon. That's what you need They're to know. They're super clever. They're so smart. They're so smart and clever, guys. Yeah. Also, I forget if we went into this, but my race and Asimar can have wings, but Elum doesn't. So... So you guys are both followers of Martin, right? Correct. Yes. So, okay. You guys have been, you met at this monastery. At a party. In, <laughs> at a party. You met at this monastery outside of the village of Tarnstead, okay, where you both were sent, where you were sent, Joe, Ati. Ati? Ati. Ati was sent there from his other monastery because he was seeking... Entrance into the Order of the Hammers of Moradin, which is a, a elite group of paladins who are almost all dwarves, and you've had like a pretty decent struggle even just getting, basically getting your application looked at. Like you've been waiting online at the DMV for like six years, just because everybody's racist in Dungeons and Dragons. Right. Andy, the Outlander wanderer character, Elum. El- Elum? Yeah. Okay. During your travels, you had heard of this this elite order of paladins, and you felt drawn to them uh, because Moradin's goals of the greater good aligned with your own, and you you felt like you could lend your hammer, so to speak, to the cause. So you've you've been at this monastery outside of Tarnstead for the last eight months or so, and it's it's a pretty strict monastery. It's pretty different from the one that Adi came from. And, uh, you know, you don't have any equipment, you haven't really had much time outside of the monastery, you've mostly been here with your thoughts and your prayers, and it's been this very introspective time, and really the only other people that you've interacted with over the past several months are the other people in this monastery that's specifically devoted to the Order of the Hammers of Martin. So, basically, right now you don't have anything, because you're just, you're, you're monks, you're Naked. You're naked. <laughs> You're naked monks. Uh, I think I've been to that bar. You, uh, no, you have <laughs> acolytes robes, and, uh, you've been studying and training under this old dwarf named Marius, and he has long flowing gray hair, and he has this very elaborately braided beard, and like most of the other people in this monastery, he's a very dwarfy dwarf. The Hammers of Martin are an incredibly dwarfy organization, so it's kind of strange that Illum, the Asimar, and Ati, the Tiefling, happen to be drawn to this, so their time there was met with all different kinds of, uh, of reactions, and some people found it really cool and interesting that uh, you were you were there, and some people really didn't think you deserved a place in this order, and so... Anyway, the place where we're starting is, we're starting on your, in typical old-school RPG fashion, the day of your uh, 
your final test where you've been studying and you're ready to finally become true initiates into the Order as opposed to just being acolytes of Martin. Okay. So you're just during your, your regular prayer time not saying anything, praying, and as prayer time, you hear a bell ring, prayer time ends, and uh, you've known that this, you've both known this day was coming, and, and Marius comes up to you, and dwarves are Scottish, right? Yeah, basically. Okay. They can Base. do whatever you want. No, dwarves are Scottish. You can have whatever you like. It's canon. Dwarves are Scottish. Dwarves are Scottish. Dwarves are Scottish. So he comes up to you, and uh, and he says, Elu and Artie. This is the worst Scottish accent I've ever heard. <laughs> he says that. That's, that's how he starts this conversation. It's canon. The, the, it's canon. The next chapter in your life. He uh, he says... Um, Pretend you're in a Lucky Charms commercial. <laughs> Lucky Charms, Marius, go. Okay, alright. So he says, The time for your final test has come, and you must prove yourselves in battle against two of our other initiates of similar skill, but they've definitely been more tested than you. So, as he says that, he motions over, and uh, you you can see... The first thing you notice is that there's uh, another person who, you, who you've seen, but you don't really know, and you realize that he's not a dwarf, which is kind of weird, because almost everyone's a dwarf. He's a human named Lane, and he has, like, long, unkempt, uh, blonde hair, and he's kind of got, like, this half-smile. And So uh, is, he's not an initiate? He's just, like, our challenger? He he is one step above you. Okay. He already has passed his test, Okay, and he's charged with, basically, his, like, he's at a low enough rank where he has to fight the, yeah. you know, super casual noobs gotcha. to see if they can become true initiates. Gotcha. And uh, next to him... There's a, a dwarf who, as is somewhat uncommon among dwarfs, he has shaved his head and, uh, and his beard, so he has no, no hair. And uh, he's obviously he's a dwarf, so he's short, but he's probably even a little shorter than most dwarves that you've seen. He's very stout and wide, and you can see that he, you know, he, he looks like he's been in a couple battles. He's, you know, maybe he's got a couple scars or something. So these, these two people come over and they introduce themselves to you. Lane reaches out first to Illum, and he says, Hi, I'm Lane. Uh, I know I've seen you around before. Uh, oh man, I don't have a voice for Illum yet. I'm just going to go with my voice for Illum until I have one, but I'll, it's probably going to be heroic. Uh, <laughs> uh, Lane, it's good to finally have words with you. Yes, I'm excited but nervous about our initiation today. Uh, I hope you put up a good fight, but I promise we will defeat you. <laughs> <laughs> that was in character. That was Lane laughing. Lane, Lane is like, well, that's, that's very confident of you, uh, Mr. Illum, but um, I'm sure you'll do fine. And, and Ati, is it? Is that, is that correct? That is correct. <laughs> I but see you've developed your character's voice already, Lane says, totally in character. Um, <laughs> Brother Lane, it is an honor to finally face you in battle. Well, thank you. Uh, Lane looks over at uh, Tristan, who's just kind of got his arms crossed, and he says, Tristan, aren't you going to introduce yourselves? Yourself? And uh, Tristan just shakes his head. So Marius says, Well, over there, there's the sparring round, as I know you've seen, the other initiates sparring before. Of course. And uh, go over there, and uh, I'll come over to you with uh, practice swords, just wooden swords, so no no real damage can be inflicted. I became, I don't know, that got weirdly Indian or something. I don't know where that was. <laughs> uh, That's where all accents slowly <laughs> devolve to. Um... 
But, uh, and so, you know, he just, he, he basically tells you to prepare for the battle and get ready. And, um, it's, uh, it's not a big room. So you guys walk into the room, Tristan and Lane walk away, you know, Lane, uh, Lane, like, winks at you and, like, flashes a thumbs up on his way out, and, you know, Tristan's kind of, like, <clears throat> grunts, and they walk away. And, um, there's two entrances to the room, and there's, there's benches, and the other people who are recent initiates and the other people who are acolytes are, uh, you know, they, they sit on the benches to watch you in this, uh, this fight. So, um, basically, now... Basically. You're gonna have this encounter with, uh, Tristan and Lane, who obviously are not trying to kill you, and you have practice swords, and they also have practice swords. So, uh, you guys wanna, you guys wanna roll initiative? Okay, let's do it. Uh, I think we both have initiative of plus zero, and you have the dice, so... Alright. Can you give me another beer while you're in there? Yes, I can. I'm drinking Corona, so I'll stick to Corona. Okay. Thank you. The most important part of the campaign. (laughs) That was an initiative roll. Okay. This ad brought to you by Corona. (laughs) Drink your thirst. What? <laughs> drink, drink, drink it. <laughs> I don't know. I was saying advertisement things. Oh wait, I'm gonna add to my Viking drinking horn, and I'll add to my little stein here. Uh, it's my character flaw. This is what my character does. I'm it's the DM, but I have the same character flaw. Your characters, can't, your characters can't announce their flaws. This, this makes, makes me angry. angry. Uh, yep. Okay, Mr. Illum, you rolled a 19. Sweet. For your initiative, Ati, you've rolled a 12. So that means that, uh, what are your HPs and your armor classes and shit? It's probably the same for both of us. HP a 10, armor class. Without my armor and shield, it would just be 10. And that would be the same for Joe. 10 HP, 10 armor. For the sake of it, assume that it's like a really, it's not a big sparring floor. There's not going to be a lot of like, you're not going to have to worry about moving. But it is, it's just a small ring with some benches. It's not an elaborate affair. Mostly nothing is actually elaborate in this place. Okay. These are very practical people. Alright, so you, you get people. to start. What is what is this weapon that I have? Because all I can really do is attack with it, and I'm going to go Assume for... Assume that it gives you plus two to attack. Okay. To practice sword. Wooden practice sword, plus two to attack. Technic- Once combat started, technically, a, re- a turn is six seconds. Right. So a minor action is usually, like, saying something. Yeah. If I have initiative and it's already started, I would attack... Was it Tristan or Tristan? Tristan. Okay. I would attack Tristan because RPing my character, like, having been around and had feelings of, like, nature and, like, survival and that, the quiet guy makes me nervous. So I would attempt to attack him first. Okay. Since he's the unknown. You want to roll it? Um, yes. And, Joe, if you want to say something about, like, naming your mark or wanting to go one-on-one in this somehow, that's fine. But for the moment, that's what my character does. So that's a three. Plus two. That's a five. So, but we're not wearing armor, so... Uh, yeah, well... So uh, you you ready yourself, and you take this wooden practice sword, and you swing it clear over Tristan's head, because you forgot that he was shorter than other dwarves, and uh, <laughs> his hair that he doesn't have, never mind. Uh, <laughs> nothing nothing else happens. I'll use my minor action to uh, spread my wisdom, just as I thought, the quiet and smaller enemy. Always the more <laughs> tricky. <laughs> All right. Next up in the initiative order is Ati, so... I would have considered it 
an extra honor to fight Tristan, but seeing as he's been claimed, Lane, you're my opponent. Watch for my strike! Uh, is that all? Is that a three? That is a one. That's a one. I appear to have struck myself in the head. I assume. So hold on. Solid start. Ati swings his sword with such fervor, in the name of Moradin, and with all this glory and honor that he's seeking, that he swings it clear around and knocks himself in the back of the head, (laughs) and he takes a point of damage. Son of a bitch! <laughs> uh, that's your minor action. I hope you, I hope you didn't have any other minor things. All right. So Tristan looks up at this pale, glowing Asimar figure, and he just shakes his head. Without saying it, he's clearly thinking, this motherfucker is not ready. And uh, he takes his practice sword, and he... Just barely, just barely misses hitting Illum. He swings, it. Illum quickly moves his head out of the way, and Tristan happened to swing a little high, so no no connection. Lane sees this from across the, uh, the, little, the little ring, and he chuckles a little bit. He takes a second to say to Ati, um, I'm very pleased that you've chosen to fight me today. And then... Yo, he's got a douchey voice. Yeah, he's my favorite. He he swings with with one of those like backhanded chops with this wooden sword, and he just cracks you against the jaw. And it's wood, so he doesn't cut your skin, but you bite your lip a little bit, and like there's like there's a little bit of blood happening. Son of a bitch! And you, <laughs> you take another two damage. Okay, now we're back at Illum. Okay, cool. I've seen that look in the eyes of dwarves who doubt me as a follower of Moradin before. I'll show you. And I swing at him. Nine plus two, eleven. Alright. This time, instead of going for a swing, you go for one of those, like, chops. Like, kind of an overhand chop. And, uh, you catch him, like, square on the top of his big, shiny, bald head, and, uh, he takes two damage. Cool. And he doesn't make any sound, and that creeps you out. It is Ati's turn. By the way, Joe, and for the record, in case we haven't said this, Joe hasn't played Dungeons & Dragons before this. We know how much damage we do, because, like, we can do our own damage rolls and stuff, and, like, we know what the potential is of all these attacks we use, Mm -hmm. but we don't know the max hit points of any enemies we fight, but what we do know is when they're healthy and when they become injured or bloodied, so when they hit half health, Frankie will change how he talks about the enemy to make us aware of that. Okay, I'm not gonna just, because I, like... I love a lot of Dungeons and Dragons podcasts, and a lot of them are great. But one of the things that I dislike is the like immersion breaking of like he is bloodied. Like I'm not gonna say that. Mm-hmm. Like I'll just make it a bloodier description of what he looks like when he's done, and you'll have to figure it out. Yeah, maybe you'll be wrong. And which is which is I think the way to do it. I think that's most fun. But, okay, uh, so it is it is Adi's turn. Damn this wooden sword! Somebody give me a hammer. <laughs> I strike at Lane once more with a 12. I will and you that. add 2 to it, Joe, for the wooden sword. So 14. Alright, so you, in what is kind of a strange move, considering it's a wooden sword and doesn't actually have a point, you stab 
you like you stab your wooden sword at Lane, but he was actually expecting you to swing it like a normal fucking person. So he actually does not successfully dodge the straight-on attack, and uh, you hit him like in his neck a little bit. And again, it doesn't cut him, but like that's a pretty shitty place to get hit. Son so, of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so so you deal you, you deal three points that of damage. Word. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So back at Tristan. Tristan just uh, just looks up at SMR and he he assume he uses his minor action to look at you. He just Ooh. he makes eye contact Ooh, with you man. for six seconds. That is so <laughs> yo. <laughs> When's it my turn? <laughs> <laughs> and he swings his sword, and oh man, oh what a strike is this! He just swings and catches you right in the side, like in in not where your ribs are, not where your pelvis are, just in like the meaty part of your side, and it's like a like a big hit. Like you know it's a wooden sword, but you know there's gonna be a welt there in the morning, and he deals four damage to you. Oof. Ooh, shit. Okay. Okay. I hope you guys don't die. <laughs> no, 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 no. We have lay on hands, like, if shit gets real. All right, okay. We can, like, heal ourselves. Yeah, uh, it's really weird to try to make encounters for only two people. Yeah, yeah, so, I feel you. All right. It's no big. It's Lane's turn. Yeah. Lane's so. turn! <laughs> Lane just, he, like, takes a second and, like, he shakes, like, you know, kind of, like, shakes his, his head really quick and he's still kind of a little dazed at the fact that you hit him with a stab with a wooden sword. So, like a boss. <laughs> you can see him, like, he gets angry for a split second and you can see it in his eyes and then he he shrugs and chuckles and he says, where do you learn to fight like that? And then, as you start answering his question... Answer what a dick. He he sweeps his arm around and as if he were like underhand, I think like he's pitching a softball. He's he brings this sword up and just like just closes your mouth with a force, like in the middle of your sentence, and he just smashes your teeth together and uh and he does four damage to you. It is now my turn. Illum's turn, and I really hope you guys don't die. Yeah. Here's the moment where we become friends, right? I notice this fight that Ati has been having over there. And even though I just took a hit, I'm growing concerned for him. So I run up and I say, Brother, I see you need aid. And I lay my hands on him. (laughs) And I expend three of my five lay on hands points to bring uh, Ati back up to ten out of ten health. All right. Ten out of ten. 10 out of 10 would help again. Are there opportunity attacks in 5e, or did that get cut? I assumed we were, like, like square, because, like, we entered together. Okay, you know And this is just a disconnect in how we were fighting. I thought, like, me and Joe were, like, next to each other, squaring off, and, like, I can just go, my friend, and, like... Retcon, that's what happens. I mean, like, he can still, maybe he can hit me easier or with bigger damage on his next to hit. As a result of that, but I don't think he gets an additional attack of opportunity for the way I just moved. That's what's your HP like? Six out of ten. And I just healed you back to max, so you're ten. And I still have two of the HP from my lay on hand. Alright, that means it's uh, up to you, Adi. Uh, I was going to say, 
that I learned at the monastery of Deltasai. But I suppose I owe you a favor now, don't I, Illum? I'll lay my hands on you as well. Thank you. Alright, so, so he lays it on me. Is that uh, you're using four, bringing me up to yes. max two? Okay, cool. So you've got one of your HP that's left to give. Alright. So now we're back at Tristan, and uh, surprisingly, even though he's a dwarf, you're going to learn he doesn't have a Scottish accent. What? Ooh. <laughs> so he's just going to... He's just going to... Written by M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> he's just going to go... You think you're real clever, huh? And do you have uh, any bonuses, perhaps, to dexterity saving throw? No, I think both of us are just plus zero. Plus zero, okay. Yeah. So you're going to make a dexterity saving throw. Ah. (laughs) You succeeded. I don't know why I was disappointed. I'm evil. (laughs) Frankie just showed his true colors right then and there with his gut reaction to, ah, you did it. Frankie wants us to fail. Mm -hmm. A little bit. I think every every DM wants their players to at least come close to death. (laughs) So you can see Tristan, like, his hands, he's still holding this practice sword, but you can see, like, this light start emanating from his hands. Oh, snap. And you, with... All of your your wisdom and your knowledge, you you recognize that you need to move, and you just quickly shift out of the way as this pillar of fire comes down Ooh. next to where you were, and uh, they are not level one. <laughs> that's, that's what that means. <laughs> It's it's I say fire. That's probably wrong. It's it's like it's radiant light. Fire. Yeah, yeah, right. radiant it's light. Fire. It's, it's like super purifying. Exactly. It's it's a it's a a light so bright that even though it didn't hit you, being next to it, like you were close enough that your your acolyte robes got a little singed, and like there's like a little bit of a burn mark on your acolyte. Robe. Also, I just found out. I got the notification, uh, Julian wants to be my friend on Untapped, so I'm going to add a friend on Untapped right now. As this episode brought to you by Untapped, Untapped. the <laughs> app where you compare beers that you drink with your friends who also drink too many beers. Untapped on the App Store now. Drink your thirst. <laughs> so drink your thirst. <laughs> All I was going to say is that I'm about to use Untapped, the, like, beer snobbiest craft beery app out there to to register this Bud Heavy I just poured for myself <laughs> in your basement. Brought to you by Bud Heavy. Drink your thirst. <laughs> Drink your thirst. So, it's now Lane's turn, and uh, Lane takes a moment to say to you, Deltasi, I, you know, I think I have a cousin who is there. I guess at this point you're kind of aware of the fact that he's like trying to fuck with you by talking to you while he's fighting you. So it doesn't really it doesn't really do anything for him, you know. You, you don't say anything, you don't start to say anything back. But um he he as he's like finishing that sentence, he's like, I think I have a cousin who went there. He swings his sword, and this time you're able to see it coming, so you just you know, you, you hop back a little bit and the sword misses like right in front of your chest as he swings it. So mm-hmm. he he doesn't he doesn't connect that one. And that puts us back at Illum. Okay, cool. Clearly you have a bit more training than I thought. <laughs> 17, 18, 19. I mean, yeah, it's 
So, uh, you bring you bring the sword like around the other side of him, right? And you like, you clock him right in the ear, and like you hit his ear against his head hard enough that like his ear starts bleeding a little bit, and that's oh, that really yeah. sucks. He <laughs> he's really mad at you now. Like he was mad at you before, but he's he's mad at you right now. All right, that's anything. Anything else? Or are you done? No, that was I. I even used my my voice as a oh, minor right. action. Got so. you. You so think I'd fall for that? Everyone has a cousin Deltasai. <laughs> <laughs> I strike a nine. You have plus two? Were you adding the plus two, or did you roll a nine? I rolled a nine. Okay. So, yeah. So then, you are going to connect, and uh, you're going to bring your sword low and kind of, like, sweep at his feet a little bit. Like a bad And you, you catch him in the back of his foot, like, right, like in his Achilles tendon, and uh, you deal three damage to him. I also don't want to blow up your spot, but I just had to write it twice. What's the name of your of your order? Delta you Sai. Delta Sai. Okay, okay, it's fine. Told you. I I wrote it down. I wrote it down wrong at first. And then I heard it the second time, and I'm like, it's, it's fine. It's even Greeker. <laughs> it, should, it should not affect the presentation. It shouldn't. Sorry. Sorry, don't worry about how you spell it. I I thought you had said Delta Phi, uh. <laughs> which yeah, which is yeah, very good. All right. I'm leaving it. I'm leaving what I have. I just yeah, I, I know you. I told you. I think you're gonna like. My I know you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're back at Tristan, and uh, you can see that he's like he's really mad at you, but he's also a little. He obviously expended a lot of energy to, to get that light out. He's, he has more training than you, but he doesn't have so much that he can just do that whenever he wants. That was a really big deal. So, he takes, like, kind of a, a, a slightly fatigued swing, and it turns out that that was actually a ruse, and you don't successfully dodge what you thought was going to be a really slow attack. <laughs> And he he cracks you in the side of the head and deals four damage. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Getting my shit wrecked out here. <laughs> I really did not see that coming. Frankie with the ill is heavily weighted towards twenty dice, unless we're the ones rolling it. Oh, you guys don't have my old twenty sided. <laughs> They're all say twenty. Okay, it's Lane's turn, and. Uh, Lane is obviously, he's obviously hurting, but, uh, you can see, kind of, now you saw, even though, you know, you you heard this big purifying light thing, you're aware that this is something they're capable of, so you, even though you don't have the same wisdom as Illum, you see that, for Lane, it's not his hands that start glowing, but it's actually the wooden sword itself, which you don't expect, and you think that's very strange, and he obviously must be very powerful if he can get it get his sword to glow at this energy. So, he starts to swing his sword at you, like, he just starts to. And you begin to dodge backwards, just the slightest bit. And then he stops swinging his sword and lets go with one hand and pushes it forward. And this this purifying light shoots out of his hand as he successfully tricked you. And he hits you for, please don't kill you, he hits you for six damage. Ooh. Joe was at max before, he was, though, so Joe right? is now at four. Like, I'm going to give this by the way. to a loon, so and I, I would really like you to kill them now. Okay. I'm going to be taking, you know, another attack at Tristan. 
I had the greatest success when I chopped at him. So specifically this time, I don't want to risk like, you know, a a miss like that because I've like learned a little bit from how he's been fighting. So I shift my stance and I pull my weight back and I get ready to do a chop like at his midsection with it. And I roll the ill eight. All right, that's going to hit. So you chop him and you, you catch him right in the rib and you hit him for five damage. And as you do this, you could see him, you knock the wind straight out of him. And he, he doubles over and uh, he almost drops his practice sword, but he doesn't actually drop it all the way. But you can see that uh, you've hit him pretty hard. He's obviously hurting. Let's finish this. <laughs> Just, it landed. It, it, it did. <laughs> I rolled a one. It's another one. It's a one. <laughs> so, you... I'm going to finish it, all right. You realize that you are a paladin, and you studied in monasteries before this one. <laughs> And it's not just Hammers of Moradin who can conjure this purifying light. So, you try, with all your might, to get your sword to glow with the same glow that Lane got his to. Sounds fair. And you can see your hand starts to to glow a little bit and it starts to sparkle. Oh shit, maybe this one's going to turn around for me. (laughs) But then, it's a critical oh, one. No. <laughs> your hand immediately gets really hot, and you drop <laughs> your sword on the floor. Oh. <laughs> and uh, that's your turn. Deal with it. Okay. Critical one. <laughs> okay. So now Tristan is almost at the point where he, he can't really stand, and uh, one might say that he has been knocked prone, in fact. So he... One might. One might say. So he takes a second to stand up, and uh, he takes a, a very obviously half-hearted, like, a stab towards you, and, and it's like, it doesn't look like it's going to do very good. In fact, he misses wildly and falls over and falls back into the prone position. So... And now for Lane. Lane takes his minor action... To spend the entire six seconds just <laughs> and is that what they teach you over at Del Tossi? <laughs> Talking shit about my monster. <laughs> he finds the fact that you failed at his trick really funny, and he takes a very confident swing at you, and he connects. Ah. And he deals four more damage to you. That's I can I can hit you back up. You're not you're not dead from that. You're you're at zero HP though, but you're not dead. You're not. So dead. you're unconscious. Okay, so we're back at Elum. Okay. As much as I would really like to take a swing at this dropped prone opponent to be able to stop him, I have this sense in me that this is a team effort, and I need to attempt to get my buddy back on his feet. So I see Tristan prone in front of me, but this feeling of brohood inside me just overwhelms me. And I turn to the side and I, I lay hands on Joe, on, on Ati, and I use the remaining two points to bring him back to standing to okay. two out of ten. It's a very deltasi thing for you to do. Uh, what's, it do <laughs> what's it do to his initiative? I don't even know. To come back to standing. Does he drop to the end of the order? 
I'm gonna leave him where he is. I think, okay. I think that's okay. That's fine. At least in this fight, it makes sense because this fight is a training fight. Right. If we're we were fighting, if we were fighting the giant red dragon on your DM screen right now, like <laughs> he'd probably fall to the end of the order. Is yeah, my guess. No, totally. But, but also, if we were fighting the giant red dragon, I'd probably have more than five HP in my lay on hands pool. <laughs> so, all right. So, Adi, that actually brings it to your turn. Ugh, we've got these guys. Believe in yourself. That's my minor action. Okay, good. <laughs> Thank you. Believe in yourself, brother Loom. Now let's finish this for real. Oh, God, please. Yes, eighteen. 18. All right. Plus two twenty. It's not a crit twenty, but right. still twenty is a high number. Either way. You invigorated with the power from Illum's lay on hands. Inspired. The light of Moradin coursing through your veins, and you know that this next strike will ring true, and so you put every ounce of strength you have into this, and you catch Lane so hard upside his head that you knock him backwards five whole feet. And he, he leaves the ground, and he lands five feet away from where you hit him, and he's unconscious. He's out. Damn. He's lucky he didn't have a hammer. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> All right. That brings us to Tristan's turn. And as you recall, Tristan is prone and doesn't have his sword. So he, he looks up at you, and you have the thought that perhaps what Martin would want you to do is to call the fight before inflicting any further harm to him. So I'm giving you the yeah, option if I to do feel, what you want to do here. If I feel that, like, call from my vows, like, like a, not a whisper, but just like, you know, the the touch of Moradin in me or whatever suggesting that, I would, I would feel that. So my response would be to pick up his sword with my left hand and to offer my right hand to him to help him stand and say... The battle is clearly finished. Do you yield? You can see this mix of negative emotions behind his face, and every, you can see he's he's humiliated, he's embarrassed, he can't believe he lost you in the first place. He thinks it's it's this enormous insult that to his dwarven honor that this outsider, this this other race, is just trying to to belittle him by outstretching his hand. And he grunts, and just as it looks like he's reaching to take the sword out of your hand, Marius steps in and says, All right, that's enough. They've clearly got you beat there. And then Tristan's uh, head just falls, and uh, he sits down onto the floor, and Lane starts sitting up and shakes his head, and he's, you know, he's got cartoon, like, little yellow birds going over his head. Picture him like that. He's, he's obviously out of By the way, the secret is, this guy isn't Scottish. Frankie just watched How to Train Your Dragon last night. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, it's just what it is right now. I love that movie. <laughs> That's a good movie. Uh, <laughs> this podcast brought to you by How to Train Your Dragon. Drink your thirst. Drink your thirst. Drink your thirst. <laughs> right. Can we just call this podcast Drink Your, your Thirst? thirst. No, it's called, it's called Farm Simulator. <laughs> I don't know whether to name episode one Farm Simulator or Drink Your Thirst. <laughs> um, Alright, Tristan slowly stands up and uh, walks over and gives Lane a hand up, and Tristan just walks out of the room. He's obviously disgusted with the whole situation, but uh, Lane, in uh, what you would consider probably surprising fashion, 
he uh, comes up to you and he, he shakes first Illum's hand and then Adi's and he says, that was, that was actually a great battle. I'm really impressed, you guys. Vintage lane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no, that was, you know, that was fun and uh, you guys did really well. I'm, I'm really happy with that. Quick, quick, before we keep going with this. So, Tristan has, like, walked away. He's not He's interacting not with us. I'd like to roll insight on if I, like... I'm curious how disgruntled he is. Okay. So I, like, want to get a sense for the ill will he holds towards me from that. My, uh... I have a bonus of plus four to insight. So what do I... What's the sense I get? You sense that he obviously was harboring some ill will towards you guys just for being outsiders, and, uh... You wonder how that is if his, his like dueling partner and his buddy is Lane, who is a human and not a dwarf, but I would say that Illum gets the sense not not to take it super personally and has the thought that maybe he should uh, try to talk to Lane about it before confronting Tristan about it. Okay, cool. A fine battle, Lane. I'm glad that we were finally able to fight. As for you, Illum. Forgot your name. <laughs> <laughs> you did really? Did you really? As, as, Do you remember yeah, yeah. your name? I, I, I'm Ati. <laughs> I, 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 I am Ati. I am Ati. <laughs> as for you, um, for me, I would have knocked out the dwarf. You well, compose yourself well. The important thing is that two are stronger than one. <laughs> Allow me to lay my hand on you. <laughs> Don't, In a don't, special place. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that. No, 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 I owe you, please. No, 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 please, it's here fine. It comes. Here, it's fine. All right, so Joe just laid his hands on me for the last point of his lay on hands pool. Cool. Bringing me back up to 7 out of 10. <laughs> and I feel used. <laughs> there you go. This is nice. Everybody likes this. So, um... After shaking your hands, Lane walks away, and uh, he he just says something about like uh, you know, I'm just gonna go check on Tristan. Like he he gets like this, and then he leaves. And um, Marius explains that uh, I know I had told you that this was your final test, but that wasn't actually a hundred percent true. I think for now you should rest and get back on your feet. Get you know fully fully rested. One might say take and. Extended rest. <laughs> Refill all your hit points, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> if, 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 if you what if you're familiar with such things, one might um, say. And we'll have dinner in the hall, and then we'll we'll talk about your your real final test in the morning. So I feel a little bit bummed that we're not immediately brought into the order because we've been working so hard and training for so long, but. We've both kind of been pretty beat up, yeah. so I'm we, frustrated. Angry. Yeah, I think I, I I nod and accept that, and I'm excited to get back to my bed. Okay, All I right. grunt and do the same. All right, so I'm gonna take a pee break. Oh, I'm taking a pee break too. Oh, pee break. Do you want to drink your thirst? The... Nope, I already didn't do it. All just right, drink your pee. I'll just cut it here. Pee break. Pee, pee your break, thirst. Pee break, pee I, break. We can also, Joe. We can talk about Dungeons and Dragons stuff while Frankie does that. So, in taking an extended break, our hit points are going to go back up to max, and our lay on hands pools are going to refill. If we had spells, um, the spell charge would go back up. 
Right. Once again, um, for those keeping track, I'm Joe. I'm Ati. This is Andy. Joe is so concerned about the introductions. He's like, when are we going to get the introductions? Joe has, intru- do it. Joe has now introduced himself, I think, four times in this podcast. Frankie's not going to hear this till later, so fuck Frankie. Fuck Frankie. Fuck Frankie. Fuck Frankie. Frankie, Frankie. Fuck Frankie. <laughs> hey, Frankie. What's up? Nothing. Um, well, you, guys, you guys know I'm recording it and that I'm the one editing it, right? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Fuck Frankie. Fuck Frankie. Fuck Frankie. <laughs> Might be break. Pee your thirst. Drink your pee. Now it's true. Pee your thirst. Drink your pee. This episode brought to you by pee. Drink your pee. Power pee. Just drink it. This episode brought to you by your pee. Drink Drink it. it. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking drink it, nerd. (laughs) I I dare you. (laughs) Why don't Mark commercials end with I dare you? I dare you. It's your D&D game. The 80s love it. Alright, so you, now we're actually back. We're starting again. Hello everybody, welcome back to Farm Simulator slash Drink Your Thirst. Uh, <laughs> episode 1 of the D&D Bags podcast. <laughs> Is that the name? I think that's, that's good. the name. I, I that's like that name. one. Okay. D&D yeah, Bags. Unless it's taken. D&D with D-Bags. <laughs> So you guys, you just go have a, a quiet dinner. It's nothing intense. It's not like a feast or anything. You you had been told that uh, the monastery will put on a little bit of a, a, a social gathering for when you do actually become full initiate, so you're a little bummed that that's not tonight. But Marius leaves you guys each a note in your bunks, and this is how he explains this to you. I'll be in my bunk. And uh, so you come back from dinner, and you're a little bummed, and... And then you get to your your bunks and you read. You see that these there's these little scraps of paper under your pillow, and I'm assuming you guys can read. You guys can read, right? Yeah, yeah. We have well, we have intelligence. I mean, ten is average, so I assume you can read if you're like. I don't know. Could the average nine. person read in? The well, we, my intelligence is thirteen, and I think Joe's is like fourteen or fifteen. Mine's fifteen plus two. All right, so you're really smart. Like super, super uh, Joe, that plus really doesn't mean on top of the 15. That means... That's before it gets rolled into your... Uh, yeah, that means if you're 15 plus 2, that means it's 13. Yeah. And you're oh, right. oh, okay. Got yeah. it, got it, got it. Okay. So, all right. Math. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Matt. <laughs> um, Do your homework. Dungeons and Dragons is really brought to you by Matt, but that's another thing we'll be there. So you guys can read. Uh, and Yay. he has the same note for both of you that uh, just says... Alum and also Adi, because the separate notes. I saw your great potential in the training battle you had with Tristan and Lane, and I realized that I think you might be a good fit for the true top-of-the-class elite group of the Hammers of Moradin. Few even know it exists, 
I was a member long ago, and I haven't recruited anyone new to it in, in many years, but uh, it's called the Sentinels, and those are the most elite of all of the paladins who fight in Moradin's name. They and hunt the X-Men. They hunt the X-Men. They're big <laughs> pink robots. <laughs> you're gonna go. You're gonna go into the basement, and you're gonna become a big pink robot, <laughs> which could be so cool. Okay, we're running. Yeah, I'm game. No, no, I'm game. <laughs> okay, you know what? That's the direction this if goes. That's what, if that's what the letter says, and this becomes a sci-fi adventure out of fucking nowhere, that would be so zany. I'd love it. All right. Yeah, okay. So no, that's not. That's not really <laughs> so the, the letter goes on to say, "You'll learn more about it tomorrow." Sleep well, you've earned it. So, you wake up the next morning and you feel very rested. What's the bedding area? Do we each have our own room? Are we in a communal? It's, it's uh, for the... the once or? you're an initiate, you do get your own quarters, because it's actually a pretty big monastery, but thank you for asking, by the way. I like that. Prompt me for world building, because okay. I have this image in my head that I'm not... Uh, I might not always say exactly what I'm picturing. The acolytes, the people who haven't actually been initiated into the order yet, though, they just are in like a like a barracks, like a communal. There's bunks and uh, yeah, there's just a, there's eight or ten beds in their room that you guys sleep in. I call top bunk nerd. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we do it in Deltasa. <laughs> Deltasa. Okay, uh, that was too much. I let on too much. <laughs> Nobody knows. So you wake up the next morning, and um, as you sit down at breakfast, underneath your your bowls that have your your porridge, breakfast, shit, right? yeah, porridge. I was gonna say like your whatever gruel. breakfast gruel is. Yeah, yeah, porridge okay. is good. Porridge is not grueling <laughs> enough. It needs to be more grueling. It's like porridge, but gruelier. This episode brought to you by porridge. Brought Drink to you by thirst. <laughs> it's grueling. Gruelier thirst. All right. Um, <laughs> Drink your gruel. So. Underneath, you each notice that there's a note there, and it, all it says is, uh, meet me outside, and then it says, like, dash M. You guys, um, presume separately of each other, because I, I don't, you guys, I don't know, do you want to talk about it? Like, you, you guys are in control of yourselves. So, ho- hold on, so we're still in the barracks right now, so, we're like, tables, figure like, the like Harry Potter-style tables, kind exactly. of, so that I'm picturing. Yeah. Okay, okay. If you're in, like, a great hall-type So we're both aware that we got this note. Like, we saw, yeah. like, we see both of us opening it. You like might not, unless you guys specifically made a point to tell each other last night, you aren't aware that you each got notes last night, though. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's up to you guys. Right now, I mean, you know, you're in control, you have the power to tell each okay. other that, but that's... Okay, well, I'll say... So, uh, Adi, when you got back to your room last night, was there anything unexpected waiting for you? Uh, was there anything unexpected waiting for you? I, uh, we fought together, so I'm pretty certain I can trust you. You laid your hands on me, <laughs> I laid my hands on you. Regular bro things. Um, it's handsy. <laughs> I got- <laughs> We're known to get handsy. I got a letter, and I was curious if it was something related to this supposed second phase of our initiation. Did you get anything similar? I did. Did your letter mention anything about the Sentinels? Yes, and it was from someone who referred to themselves as M. Mm. Could only be Marius, right? I mean, there's a lot of people here, but, like, there's Marius, there's Lane, there's Tristan... 
There's Illum. There's Adi. There's only one M, as far as I know. <laughs> as far as I know, there's just the one M. Assuming this guy sitting next to you goes, my name's Mike. Shut forgetting up, Mike. that dork. <laughs> Shut up, nerd. Putting that dork aside. Assuming it is Marius, or even if it's not, the timing is too correct, and they knew to write to us after seeing our fight. Do you think this is worth checking out? Because I think I'm going to head out to the Garden to see. I suppose I should go with you. If it is a trap, it's better to be together. To go down together. <laughs> if it is a trap, I want to not be alone when I'm trapped. You gonna finish that porridge? <laughs> you gonna finish a gruel? I, uh... I need this. <laughs> I need this. I, uh... I need this. Alright, we'll eat it. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, saving it for later. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm saving So I put the gruel in my pocket <laughs> for later. And, uh, sorry, did the letter say it was a uh, garden at night? No, it just said outside. Okay, we'll, we'll head out together then. Okay. So, um... I squish a little bit while I'm walking <laughs> because for the joke, I put some gruel in my pocket and it was a really shitty idea. And you have the note under, like, you put the note in your pocket first... So you poured porridge on top of the notes in your pocket? Yeah, my intelligence is 10. Like, average intelligence, I could... I probably didn't think it through all that much. <laughs> I was too invested in the joke. <laughs> I just downed my gruel like a champ. Dude crushes gruel. <laughs> Dude does crush gruel. Alright, so you go outside and... Uh, you could see uh, a dwarf sitting on the bench, and you're walking up from behind. So there's a bench, and there's a couple benches in the garden. At one of them, there's uh, an old dwarf from behind that looks to you like Marius, and um, he's just the, clearly sitting there waiting for something. Okay, so uh, let's go up to him, and as we get closer, say, Marius, you asked for us? Yes, yes, but, but be, be quiet, just... Make sure you keep your voices low. No. We're not trained in stealth. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. It's a very low DC. (laughs) Just for the... Okay. (laughs) Frankie rolls a one, and suddenly the Martin police come through. (laughs) So, you, you each got my note about the Sentinels, Yes. Right. Russian. I'm Russian. That's why, <laughs> that's, that's why we're here. We're curious to find out more. Well, I can only tell you a little bit at a time, but there's a secret compartment in the crypt underneath the monastery. The symbol of the sentinels is hidden there. I think you two are deserving of joining the sentinels, but you are not equipped to deal with anything you might find in the crypt. Crypts are, you know, creepy places. Are we going to get paddled when we go there? Is that... Are you guys going to paddle me? You're really laying this one on thick, <laughs> yeah, aren't that's you? What I fucking <laughs> you pulled me aside before and he's like, I'm going to do this really subtle thing. <laughs> like ten minutes and he's like, it's, I'm, uh, it's paddling. I'm getting paddled. Paddling time. Well, this episode brought to you by paddle. <laughs> Drink your thirst, nerd. <laughs> what is that weird? They're not, do they not paddle at other other monasteries? <laughs> I, we don't even have a paddle. There's no boats anywhere. There's no ocean. We'll be paddling. 
Uh, Maybe I shouldn't have chosen you for sandals. <laughs> no, no, it's cool. It's don't. It's not what's, weird. What's nothing. your intelligence score again? He's cool. He's <laughs> try, try, Don't worry, guys. He's cool. <laughs> for some reason, I find that reassuring. <laughs> it worked on me. <laughs> what I'm going to need you to do is go down into the town of Tarnstead and visit the blacksmith there. His name is Christoph. If you mention that I sent you and you show him the note that I left you on your boat, you guys, you guys have your notes, right? Nothing weird happened to your notes. Uh, can I get another note? <laughs> that was the last piece of paper we had in the, in the whole monastery. Will he accept gooey notes? He, he will probably accept gooey notes. <laughs> Not uh, this gooey. <laughs> okay, so I proceed to take the note out of my pocket and shake the gruel from it. I show it to I show it to Marius to see if he thinks his like handwriting is still legible enough for it to count. Do we need to do a throw on this <laughs> saving throw on how legible the gruel is? Okay. Well, thankfully, it's it's still pretty legible, so <laughs> I think you'll be okay. Worst case scenario, Ati, you have your note, correct? Yeah, I got it. Okay, he pulls a uh, a quill, and he has a, there's a little thing of ink, and he I don't know why he would have these things. He obviously foresaw that something derpy might happen, <laughs> so he just writes a P.S. at the bottom of Ati's <laughs> note, just in case, and it says... Just in case you can't read the stupid one's note, <laughs> this is for both of them. And he blows on it, folds the note back up, hands it back to Adi. That's uh, pretty gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by the way, my, my gruelly note, after he like confirms it still works, I then take it and I put it into the non-gruel pocket, <laughs> and it makes, like, a squish sound as I do. <laughs> so now there's at least some gruel in all of your pockets. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's good. That's, just, that's vital information. So, I'm going to note that there's gruel in Andy's pocket. I'm going to write case, that down. Because, like, you know, what if we need to use it later? You never know. It's part of our inventory You now. can use it as an improvised throwing weapon. We could. You know what? This is going to save us. Peek behind battle. the curtain a little bit, you know? Just, uh, all right. So Don't forget, there's gruel in Andy's pocket. It's going to be... Final episode is going to be important. Maybe. <laughs> Adventure notes. Has gruel. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I finished my gruel. So he reassures you that showing Kristoff the note will get you set up with everything and sends you on your way. And it's not a long walk. It's it's maybe a forty five minute walk outside of the town as this monastery. So it's it's very close. And you're just walking down this uh, you know this pretty normal trail. And it's it's not quite a road because there's not a lot of traffic between the town and the monastery. But obviously sometimes they have to go to the town to get supplies for the monastery. And you know most of the people who leave the monastery go through this town. So it's obviously traveled. And you know there's like big obviously old trees on parts of it, and you're not in, like, a a forest or anything, but it's, you know, it's a pretty normal, well-kept, natural-seeming area. And so, um, you get into, uh, the town of Tarnstead, and you can immediately see smoke billowing out from one of the back of the buildings, and, like, there's, you immediately recognize that that's gotta be a blacksmith's forge. You go in, and you see this lean muscle, like, kind of knotty 
like a little lanky dude, and he's got like uh, he's got red hair and uh, is pretty close cropped, and he's a human, and um, he looks up at you as if you know to say, "Why are you in my shop?" Well, we were we were sent here. We come from the monastery. And uh, we heard that you might be able to help us, help outfit us for a very special task we have. We have a note to prove it. Then I take out my my gruelly note. (laughs) (laughs) And Joe takes out his. So so Marius sent you? I wasn't sure if we were allowed to speak about that, but since he sent us to you, yes, I think that's fine. Yes, it was Marius who sent us here. I am Christoph. It's nice to meet you. Hello, Christoph. Uh, he shakes your hands. Everybody's polite. Uh, everybody's doing a lot of handshaking. So he takes the note first from Elum, and he's got the big, like, blacksmith gloves on, right? So... He isn't, like, super gross out because he doesn't have to have that weird, really shit on his fingers. But he obviously he, he shakes sure. the oh, note Something's off. up. Yeah. He, he shakes the note off, and he raises an eyebrow, but he doesn't say anything to you. And he reads it, and then uh, he nods, and he folds it back up and hands it, kind of like pinching it between his two fingers, back to a loom. <laughs> reaches out with his left hand to Ati, and Ati hands him the note... He reads it, he chuckles when he gets to the part about the stupid one, folds it back up, passes it back to Adi, and then uh, he says, uh, So, Medius has left something here for a long time, thinking that you might be the people for it, yes? And uh, he opens the door, and it kind of shows you the back of the shop, and there's, um, he has like a little closet, and in it there's like this... Uh, very dusty equipment, but it's obviously, uh, it's, it's sturdy, it's well-made equipment, and it's two sets of plate armor, two war hammers, and two regular iron shields, very plain iron shields. He then asks, turns out, uh, actually, I don't want to lie in, in front of followers of Morden. I, I currently owe the monastery a little bit of money. Is there... Any other, perhaps, small weapons you would like to take from the shop uh, as compensation, and uh, you you tell Marius, he'll say it's okay, we square, we square on the deal. Do you want to go back and talk to Marius about that first, before we just start taking equipment from this guy? It sounds legit to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, if it's a fair offer, I say we take him. It's not a lot of money, it, it's, it, trust me, Marius, long-time friend, Marius, we... We go way back. Uh, I used to smith at the monastery where Marius trained when he was a teenage boy, a little before he was beard. Alright, let's take this, and if this isn't appropriate for Marius, we can pay him back ourselves. If this isn't, so we'll be square. That sounds fair to me. Okay. So he hands Illum a very plain, regular dagger. Okay. And he hands Ati a very plain, small hammer that, uh, there's no markings on any of these things. They're very plain. It's maybe they're uh, the the hammer is like wrapped in little strips of leather for grip. And so um, he sends you uh, on your way, and uh, he says, you know, um, remember till Marius we're square, okay? Don't forget we. I don't, you know, he's he's not the kind of guy who's gonna come knocking on my door. He's gonna you know, break a window, throw a brick through, or something, you know, beat up my kid in an alley. But uh, 
Just make sure you tell. We will. We'll do. Most okay. definitely. Uh, good luck. Uh, I hope. Uh, I hope everything with uh, your initiation uh, goes well and smoothly. And uh, I hope. Uh, I hope Marius is doing well, and you can tell him I said hello. I haven't seen him in a little while. So. Well, thank you for your kind words, and we will definitely pass along the greeting. Okay. All right. So Very he well. sends you. He sends you on his way. On your way. And uh, there's nothing really much in this town. There's just uh, it's a very small town. There's an inn. There's a couple houses. Nothing really strikes you as particularly interesting. Okay. So if we're geared up, that's probably a good place for us to cut it, since it's getting a little late anyway. Okay. We'll go back next time, talk to Marius, and then see what we're going to be doing that we needed nicer equipment to do. Makes sense to me. Cool. Okay, uh, the other thing was, from our fight and any of our interactions, are you awarding us any experience? Yeah, I'll tell you later. Okay, that's fine. Just yeah. work out what, what that is and let us know. I'm gonna just... Uh, here's how we're gonna do it. I don't want you to worry about experience, and I'll tell you when you level up. Okay, that's, that totally works for me. I don't care. Alright. So why don't we drink our thirst? Drink your thirst. Sign off on the podcast. Oh, hey. Oh. So let's say goodbye on the podcast and then we'll quickly go back in time and introduce ourselves on the podcast. Oh, we already introduced ourselves. I like the way we introduce right, ourselves no, on the podcast. Like, you're right. You're right. I am Joe. We're doing You it can live. say goodbye with your name if you'd like, though. Yeah, I'm going to do that. You guys go first. Joe wants to go first really bad. <laughs> Joe, really Joe do. doesn't feel I like he's wanted, introduced himself. I wanted Joe so Joe really introduced bad. himself eight more times while I was being. <laughs> I really did. I think you, you called, really did. No, you, you called it. All right. Well, well, I hope you've enjoyed our first uh, podcast. This is Dean D-Bags. I am Joe, a.k.a. Ati. This is Andy. I'm Aloom. I'm Frankie the Dungeon Master. All right. Yeah, hopefully we'll do another Chip one tunes. next week. Chip, Chip tunes. tunes! Chip tunes! Chip tunes! Play us out! too enamored of ale, wine, and other intoxicants. <laughs> and no such thing. <laughs> are we talking for the podcast? Or are we yeah, just talking? We're going to talk for the podcast. I didn't introduce us, so I'm going to do it later. Okay. Do you want to just start now? Well, Andy just did his whole thing. I just did it. I just did it. <laughs> do, do it again. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm Joe. I'll be introduced later. My character's name is Ati. Introduce yourself twice. <laughs> When do I introduce myself? <laughs> that awkward guy at a party. Well, I, we know do I, one other do person. I, do I? <laughs>